0: so I can't go too far without wishing my daughter happy birthday. I won't tell you how old she is. But ask Pastor Shane how old he is and you'll have it. Or how old he's going to be, I think, in the new year. So they're the same age oh man so uh this is more of a message in pictures than it's going to be a message in word but I'll have plenty of words to go along with the pictures uh, because the Lord did so many things and some of these pictures you've seen before uh, we uh, when we celebrated our 40th anniversary uh, this year I used some of these uh, because it's been such a year such a year but as I was putting it together and I was kind of pulling some of these pictures from my lesson that I did this summer, I thought, man, they've already seen that they've already seen that, but what many of you may not realize is there's people in this room that were not a part of any any of what went on this year until later in the year, and so they didn't experience any of the things that uh, we all experienced together throughout the year and uh, and uh and as I get started, I, I I point out just again that word that that Mike shared with us uh, is so tied to our word next year. You're not going to hear it till next week, uh, but uh, it's so tied to that. And this is how I what I love about how Holy Spirit works among us is He always He just always sort of just flows us from one place to the next uh, with such. Uh, such an easy transition and such a uh, i don 't know such a thoughtful and orchestrated move that uh, it 's so easy to kind of close out this chapter and move into the next because he 's already preparing us and you 'll know you 'll know more you know about that next week but but you already know it because we live it we live that around here this word invite the stranger i 'll look back is just looking back at this word that uh, that I spent three weeks uh, in January uh, just unveiling to us. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll go to the Scripture that was core to it, and I'm going to talk about a few things uh, that I shared in that message in one, in one of the three weeks' messages. Uh, and, boy, uh, things that I shared that uh, hadn't happened yet, that were so relevant. And so then we're, then we're going to look, look back at uh, just some of the things we that we experienced as, as a body this year. Um, so let's look at that verse, our core verse for this passage. It's Matthew 25. This is the, These are the words of Jesus. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit in his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me.
1: Mm.
0: So I unveiled this word uh, on January 8th, January 15th, January 22nd, <laughs> and I said this uh, that first week. I said, uh, while I don't know what this means specifically for each of us, I believe the challenge of inviting the stranger in 2023 will require each of us to ask Holy Spirit to show us the strangers we are beginning to engage with this year. Uh, Also to begin bridging gaps that for too long have shut down meaningful conversations. So as I unveiled this word, part of my thought was there are people in our in our culture, people in our world, people in our lives, perhaps that uh, that we have no relationship with for the gospel because we can't come to any sort of common ground of talking to them. We've shut out a whole segment of whole segments of, of the culture because we don't agree with how they live, we don't agree with with uh, what they do, we don't agree with lots of things, and so we shut them out. And the challenge was: let's bridge some of those gaps. Let's begin having conversations with people. That um, that we disagree with, or that we're at odds with, and uh, and I said over and over again, uh, the stranger may be somebody uh, may not necessarily be somebody you've never met before. Maybe the stranger is somebody that you know very well, but are estranged from, or separated from, or have aught with. And uh, let's bridge those gaps. <laughs> so that was sort of my focus on this word. And then I also said uh, I shared a couple words from several people that had uh, given me these words as they related to the word. And um, one person, I think, shared this after the first week, so he knew what the word was. (coughs) And he said this. He said, the Lord is showing me that inviting the stranger is more for us than the stranger. And boy, I think uh, looking back, we can all see uh, how that part of that word played out in our lives. He did so many things in us as we put this word into practice. Uh, to work on our hearts more than we know. It's easy to think we are doing something good or being obedient to God's word, but he's doing this to refine us, refine us. So as we go into this message today, understand that refinement took place this year. Refinement, if, if we're willing to be refined, refinement took place. The word for the real, the, this word is really hitting our family, he specifically says. And then somebody else said this, <clears throat> I don't know what the new word is. (coughs) I only know this word requires faith to move in its power. The power will impact people and the earth mightily. He will be seen and known through that power. Lives and families changed. Looking forward to this message of his call to action. Now, again, this is before anything. This was before I even unveiled the word. These are uncharted places that he's leading us into. I just watched a scene of Jesus telling the disciples to row the boats out farther to put down their nets. This is what he showed me as the command to go into the deeper uncharted waters where he's taking us. Hear, see, obey, and experience his move. (laughs) So I shared these over those three weeks. Two weeks later, This happened. (coughs) A train derailment came through Stark County, came through Columbiana County, came through my community of Salem, came through Latonia, came through Columbiana, came through New Waterford, came through all of these communities and it derailed in East Palestine. (coughs) How many are in here from East Palestine? Just look around, just look around at people that were directly affected by this. So that happened on a Friday night. And as most of you know, I got a call from the mayor of New Waterford who lives right here and said, hey, will you guys be willing to open as a shelter if needed be? I said, yes. So Connie and I came down here that evening And uh, as it turned out, you know, we wait, we were here till like one o'clock in the morning and uh, we weren't needed as a shelter. And so we went home. The mayor said, I still may be calling you. There may be a need. And so uh, Sunday evening, he called me again. Uh, Just kind of stay positioned. We may be calling you in the morning. And sure enough, Monday morning he called me and said, will you open as an assistance center? Well we just unveiled this word and of course we'll open as an assistance center. We had no idea. No idea. You can see the picture on the right, that's Pastor Shane serving coffee to a very crowded lobby. (laughs) And over the course of three, four months, this is what it looked like in this building. Seven days a week for the initial the initial uh, service, eventually that lessened to six days a week. Uh, but we were, we were here every day. And uh, strangers, many, many, many strangers. I don't know if Lisa was a stranger at that point or not. But yes, so Lisa was one of those uh, that, uh, that walked in these, this building and, and now is part of us. Now is part of us. And I'll just go through these quickly. We've seen these, some of these pictures before. But I, want, I wanted those that maybe had not been here to be able to see what went on here for four months. Uh, we were called upon to just jump, jump into, into a service mode that uh, we had no idea what it looked like. We had no idea how long it was going to last. We pretty much said, however long it takes, however long it takes, we'll be here. And we recruited uh, volunteers. <laughs> the numbers of people that were here uh, was so voluminous that uh, it, was, it was too many for just me and Kat and Mark and Keith and Vicky to handle uh, in terms of what was required. And so we put together, we had, of course, you know, this, if you're part of this body, you know how you are. People want to help and they want to serve. And so we had all kinds of people say, I'll help. So we put, I did a schedule every week. Come in, serve a couple hours, and and uh, and it really. Our part was so simple. Our part was. Go there. Go there. Can I carry water for you? But the Lord did so many things through it. <laughs> again, again, this was this was every day, every day. Just a packed lobby, <clears throat> packed fellowship hall. Down the hallway, there were, I mean, there were people in the in the lobby winding around the pool and down the hallway who just needed help, who just needed help. And our part wasn't to give them the help they needed. Our part was to just usher them in, a place where they could come, a place where we could smile, we could listen to their stories, we could comfort, we could, uh, we didn't, you know, we tried our best not to take positions. I t- told everybody we're not here to debate uh, with anybody, you know what, uh, you know who's at fault and all that. We we're here to love love people, and that's what we did. And then this happened a lot. <clears throat> Invite the stranger. When you open your doors, when you open your heart to obey a word the Lord has given, it opens the door for a ministry that only He can orchestrate. We didn't do any of that. We were just willing vessels. We're not patting ourselves on the back for that. We're simply saying, when the Lord speaks, we want to obey Him, and we want to be ready to do what He's telling us to do, which is, again, why I reiterate that that word you heard from Mike, that's completely, well, I could believe it because this is how God works. This is how God works. He's, He's proved Himself to us over and over and over again. When He has a and he has a mission for us, when he has an assignment for us, he knows how to prepare us for us. And we were already prepared for this next word. We were prepared for this word. Even though we may have thought at times we weren't, because we didn't know. We didn't know what was required. We didn't know what, how long this was going to go on. We didn't know what demands were going to be put on us. <laughs> but groups from all over the place showed up to help. The strangers weren't just the people from East Palestine. The strangers were Mennonite groups that said, hey, what can we do? One day we had a whole luncheon that they had prepared, hot food. Some of the people said it was the best food they had the entire time. Volunteers from all over the place. This group on the right that I'm praying for came from somewhere in North North or South Carolina just to bring a big truckload of water. The guy on the left is a pastor from Berlin, Ohio, who said our church wants to help. His name's Larry Kaufman. He's now a friend. The guy on the right, his name's Larry Ellis. He's now a friend. Larry Ellis has come to East Palestine probably a dozen times this year. A dozen times this year. To dump salt in the stream. Because he believes he got an instruction from the Holy Spirit. And it was all from a passage, I believe in Exodus, where they dumped salt in the stream to purify it. And he said, I don't know what's I don't know what all is happening with this. I just know I need to come. And after he had done that for the first time, he came into this building and he tracked me down. Said I want to partner with, with a local body. And so we, he he comes and we go and we do this simple assignment, just out of obedience. And we now have a relationship. He was a stranger. He was a stranger, because the Lord said, invite the stranger. And we don't know what all that lo- would look like. I talked to you when I. Uh, when I introduced this word and I said about demographics that that uh, we may not have conversations with, many of those demographics were in this building over the period of four months, whether it was people from the community or people that helped, wanted to help. And they were people that we would probably disagree with on many, many levels, but they said, I want to help. And we said, we'll take your help. So the Lord brought the word to life, he brought the word to life among us, <clears throat> and these are just some of the ones from the crew, from the railroad crew, or the or the claims that we have developed relationships with. I still try to go over to the assistance center, uh, not every week now, but it's it's much reduced. Uh, but I still try to go over and. Because the Lord invited these strangers into our lives and we want to keep those relationships going. And I'll get texts from various ones that say, Will you pray for me for this? Will you pray for me for that? The Lord had a plan. He had a plan. And we got to live it out in real time, every day. I'm so grateful that we have a body that I absolutely know that as I put out a word or I ask for volunteers or, and and honestly, most times you don't even have to ask, that you guys are ready to hit the ground running with whatever he has for us. And you did it with just such grace and patience. So this is Ben (laughs) Berkwam, whom some of you may know from uh, a TV, he's a, he's a journalist. I, did, I wasn't familiar with him, but he came in one day and we developed an immediate friendship. He's developed a friendship with Pastor Mark and that's, that's his wife and two girls. And we're still in touch. The Lord invited strangers into our lives, not just for a moment, not just for a moment. He has purposes that are bigger than us bigger than us, and they're to accomplish His Word. The media was all over the place in here. You know, and it was interesting, of course, but many of you know my background. I was a journalist myself for almost 30 years before I became a pastor. and uh, And it was amazing how the Lord used that training to know how to maneuver media coming into this place and I you know I knew what they were looking for, and I knew what was appropriate and what wasn't appropriate. And uh Lord did that. He did that. That's what he does. He will use your past. He will use your experiences. He will use all of those things to fulfill his purposes. And he did that. And for whatever reason, we got some attention and we, we never do anything for attention. We don't. We don't want any attention. We don't want any credit. We don't want any, any glory. We don't want any of that. But we got a lot of attention, and people started responding and saying, "We want to. We want to help. We want to help." Just more of that. Uh, the Royce report is a is a uh, online media. Uh, the writer here was Josh Shepard, who's also now a friend. I've not met him, but we've communicated on the phone and online, and we're now Facebook friends. And he's a man of God who's working in the media. Now, anybody that knows me knows I have a a strong appreciation for Christians who are working in the media. It's a tough arena. It is a tough arena. But media was everywhere. So then in the middle of all this, We celebrated our 40th anniversary. That was planned all year. We had told the railroad people when they were here, we have this event planned. And we had lots of events planned. And you know what? We never canceled one event. We never canceled one event. We had our chili cook-off right in the throes, right in the throes of being invaded by thousands of people. And we said, we'll just serve them all. We'll just serve them all. Just bring plenty of chili, plenty of soups. We'll serve whoever comes in the building. And the railroad people were like, what? You're not canceling that? No. No. Why why would we do that? Our word is invite the stranger. Let's invite the stranger to come eat chili with us. We have the people to, to pull off whatever we need to pull off. And, and, and that same weekend, we also had a benefit dinner that was already planned. And I was like, you're still having the benefit dinner? Well, of course, we're still having the benefit dinner. This is a big building. We can multitask. We can do what's required because the Lord gives us what we need to do what's required. And yes, we celebrated 40 years of life at Abundant Life Fellowship. Had a whole weekend. That picture is Paul, Pastor Pauline and myself taking our mortgage and shredding it. Because we had just at the time of, of at the time of celebrating that fortieth, we had just paid off our mortgage. That's amazing. That's an amazing we're talking about a 3 million dollar building here and we don't take up a collection people just give out of, out of obedience to the word we don't demand it we don't beg we don't ever you know you hardly ever hear us you know we talk about money as it's appropriate to because the bible does but we don't it's it's part of our life but we paid off a mortgage Do you know how liberating that is? Do you know how many opportunities we have for ministry that we can embark on like never before? I don't know what all that looks like. We're not going to go crazy. We have amazing, good stewards around here. This was a benefit. The lobby was just crazy. Actually, the day I met Ben Berkwam was the day of the benefit. And I was outside directing traffic. And I didn't tell him who I was or anything. I just answered his questions and told him where to go. And told him we had a benefit going on as well as you know, as well as uh, the assistance center. And he comes marching back out. He didn't tell me you were the pastor. It was unimportant. It was irrelevant. This was a belonging luncheon that was already planned. Still went on. This picture on the right was a seminar we had on a Saturday while everything else was going on. The picture on the left is our own Sam Maringia passing out trophies. At the car show in Salem, we still did that. We served the community of Salem. Strangers, strangers. We met more, more strangers that week, just selling T-shirts. and They got to talk about the belonging. They got to talk about what this ministry was all about. This was EEC, Pastor Mark, leading a, a cooking class one day. <laughs> Yes, while the Assistance Center was still going on. And the guys were like, do you guys ever stop? Sometimes. But if we have something planned, why would we stop? We keep doing it. It's a big building. It's a big place. We have a big God. So, this was the very first weekend after the Assistance Center closed, the assistance center closed. We had this planned. It was a Mennonite gathering. I have never seen that many people in our fellowship hall ever. <clears throat> Those people know how to arrange tables. But that was one week later, one week later, after the assistance center closed, and the building was full of strangers. Full of strangers. We still had August Overflow. Now, you know, assistance center was gone by then. But that's Overflow, us serving people with school supplies and clothing and food and games and whatnot. That was our car show in August that we have here. That's not the one in Salem. This is the one we have here. Still went on. You know, it's funny because the assistance center was here till June, June's about the time when we get really busy. And it would have been easy to say at that time when we were about ready to get busy that, well, we've been busy for four months. Let's, let's take a break. No, we don't take a break like that. But these are things that the Lord has called us to do and be. And he shows up in Him. He shows up in a car show shows up in August overflow. <clears throat> he shows up at a benefit. He shows up at a belonging luncheon. <coughs> in the middle of all this, we put a new roof on the building. No, the railroad did not pay for it. You know, people see you spending money and know the railroad's been here, and know that they have deep pockets and think that we're just going to take all this money from them. No, we planned for this. This was prepared. This was planned. This was just two weeks ago. Amazing picture from Bobby Cato. From the drum cage on Christmas Eve. One of our favorite gatherings of the year. When we just for one hour celebrate our Savior. In intimacy. No frills, no fluff. We just come and worship him. <clears throat> so, in the middle of all this, in the middle of all this, what happens is growth. Growth happens. I was, uh, as I was putting this together, <clears throat> I sent messages this week to Pastor Mark and to Darlene Petacoris. Said, "How many people do you have in your Understanding God class?" Between the two classes, we have thirty-four people. Now, Understanding God is a yeah. Give that. Give the Lord some praise. <clears throat> Growth happens, and Understanding God is a. Foundational course around here. It's been a part of our curriculum here for many, many years. Pastor Don and Pauline started it, and it's a it's a, a thorough and aggressive look at studying who God is, understanding Him, and it requires a commitment from people. If you're an understanding of God, just raise your hand right now. If you're in one of the classes, yeah, just look around, <clears throat> and it's all manner of people. Some new people, some people who have been here for a while, some people who have taken it once before, who said, I want to take this again. And it was a reminder to me, as I was thinking about that, and contemplating this idea of obeying a word, invite the stranger, what happens when we do it? Growth happens. Growth happens. And I'm not suggesting that all these people came because of the Durant they didn't. But some did. But others came in the middle of it, and we got to love on them as well. We got to care for them. We got to tell them about who we are in Jesus. I don't have any pictures for this, but I need to tell you this. The part of this growth, I have this list right here, and I'm not going to identify who any of these people are. But I have this list <clears throat> of four fathers, four young fathers among us who I've had the, just the absolute personal witness, not through any long conversations and not through any big ministry, but just watch their growth unfold as they've simply responded to the Word of God. There's times in the course of a service when you can just look at somebody and you know that they're getting something. And you can see by they're consistently showing up. Pastor Don's word, just show up, still relevant. They keep showing up, they keep showing up, they keep showing up. And why is that important? Why, why, Why the Holy Spirit highlighted four young fathers? Because that's an important demographic in our culture. For the world to see young fathers who are willing to say, I cannot do this by myself. I need help. I need supernatural help. And when I see that response, and I've seen it, at least four, there's probably more than four. But when I see it, I want to celebrate it. And I want to acknowledge it. And I want you to know about it because some of these things are going on and you don't see it. You don't know it because you would have no reason to know that. We also grow through pain. pictures of three amazing people up there that went home to be with Jesus. And they're not the only ones, and their families aren't the only ones that went through pain. I watched people go through trials and challenges and health issues but I watched them go through it. There is no guarantee that when we say yes to Jesus, that we will have a problem-free life. And you know this. This is not new information. But we have a Savior who carries us. We have a Savior who ministers to us. And we have a body that will say, what can I do? What can I do? And as I look at these names, Elizabeth, her husband Martin's right back there. Vivian, her daughter, Cindy's right there. Robert, his mom's right there and his son somewhere right there and don't understand for don't don't for a minute think that this has been easy for any of them even though every one of them knew and were guaranteed of their destination we knew elizabeth was going to see jesus we knew vivian was going to see jesus we knew robert was going to see jesus And that is absolutely comforting and reassuring. But the reality of life every day without them, for them, is a whole different story. So what do they do? They rely on the Jesus who carried them, has carried them through, and they still do. Yes, with tears sometimes. Maybe anger sometimes. But it's part of When we're obedient to a word, the Lord tells us how to maneuver through hard things. And some of you have dealt with your own losses that aren't part of this body. We had at least three of our leaders who had parents who passed away. And then there was this. And this was just yesterday. This is the social room. Men of our had the absolute privilege of cooking breakfast for about 70 teenagers. And I thought, man, what what an amazing way to close off this year With an event with 70 teenagers, about a third of them, maybe about a third of them, were strangers. We're strangers. And we got to love on them and care for them. And When Pastor Shane put it out there saying, hey, I had this idea that maybe Medivar would cook for them. There was no hesitation. There was no hesitation. So we had about 10 guys show up at five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. We'll we'll cook for them. We'll serve them. I want Pastor Shane to come on up. I don't know if we have a mic handy. (coughs) An extra mic handy on it. But I want him to kind of close this out I told him I was going to do this so this isn't off the cuff but because it was such a it was such an exclamation point on this word invite the stranger invite the stranger and it's so relevant When you open your building to 70 teenagers, you have no idea what all you might be getting into. Hmm? There's one of them sitting right here. When Pastor Shane told me one of them was here today, I was like,
1: You know, what's, you know what's really cool as I, as I think about this word for the year is that what Pastor Jeff would call an assignment really turns out to be just an incredible privilege. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, well, I think when I look at like this weekend and, and the lock-in and, and uh, I make a lot of jokes about dreading it and stuff because I'm 34 <laughs> years old and... I don't stay up all night. That's not something that I look forward to. But um, I cannot tell you how much of a privilege it is to uh, to be able to meet and to uh, uh, minister to and just uh, 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 be with these these kids. One of, one of the things that I think is really, really amazing about the lock, and it really just exemplifies the work of, of this body, is that... Uh, you know, we have a lot of people that volunteer their time just to s- literally stay up all night um, and spend time with these kids and minister to these kids. That sacrifice sleep, which we all know as adults is maybe not to teenagers, but to adults is very valuable. Um, yeah. And and they sacrifice their nights' sleep to be able to uh, to be able to minister to kids. And uh, you know, you'd think that in a place that, you know, Pastor Jeff talks about this $3 million mortgage. We just paid off this, this is a beautiful building. We don't have a bunch of people that come here and say, I'm here to wag fingers and make sure that you're not destroying this property or something. I mean, you, If you would come here in the middle of the night, it'd be 2 in the morning and the, the <clears throat> leaders that are here are out chucking dodgeballs with the kids and throwing the football around and being somebody's pickleball partner and uh, and sitting down and painting pictures with them and singing st- really silly songs upstairs and karaoke with them it wasn't like you'd almost wonder if this is for the kids or if this is for us because it's such a uh, an amazing privilege to be able to do that but we're not here to wag fingers at people or to protect this place we're here because we sincerely love them
0: Yes,
1: i mean i with all my heart i know that every leader that was here was here because we sincerely love these kids we desire for them to know the love of Jesus and to live their lives in the love of Jesus. I was so pumped when my man Noah showed up today. Noah's one of triplets, so his brother, he's going to go home and put his brothers in a headlock, and then they're going to come next week. So, yeah. But, but we, meet, we meet so many friends, and we develop so many relationships, and it's not about work. Work. It's not for clout. It's not so that we can post pictures online and say, look what we did. You know, it's not, none of it's about that. None of that matters. It's, it's all just the work of the kingdom. That's what we do is the work of the kingdom. And we love people because we have the heart of Jesus in us and he loves them. So we don't have to develop some type of love. We just see them and we know that he loves them. And so we love them. And we had, uh, we had two kids that we prayed salvation with that. The lock-in. Yes. And so, uh, you know, all of the struggle, and to be honest with you, I, I feel like Logan should be the one. I don't know where Logan's. I feel like Logan should really be the one standing up here talking about this because I'm I'm barely the one that I'm barely the one that leads the lock-in anymore. Logan and Isaac just run with it, and these other leaders they just take over and and do their thing, and I kind of just play dodgeball and minister to kids all night. But it's just the work of this body, the fact that Men of Valor, all I did was mention it to Pastor Jeff. Actually, I was talking to Scott Baldwin, and he heard me, and he said, we're in. I don't even have to ask anybody, we're in. And they gave up their Saturday morning to wake up and be here at five o'clock in the morning, bringing their grills to cook breakfast for a bunch of kids. Stay and help clean up. That's just the work of the kingdom. It's just the work of the kingdom. And uh, I think I broke my pinky playing dodgeball. And I I would break every one of my fingers ten times over for two kids to give their life to yes. Jesus yes. at the lock. And, yes. and, and to be able to meet the friends. One of the th- things, just one more thing. One of the things that's really amazing is like we have... Uh, Usually we have a lot of 7th and 8th graders. 7th and 8th graders just show up to everything. But this year was a little different. It seemed like every kid I talked to was like a sophomore, junior. And uh, we would have these like herds of kids that would come in. And um, a lot of them were maybe for the first time at a lock-in, but they were with somebody who had been to lock-ins before. And, you know, Logan said something really wise uh, uh, to me lately recently she said youth ministry is one of those things where you have to and you have to have longevity like you have to endure because you may not just have a kid that's just gonna get it in a moment you know sometimes it takes time it takes years you have to plant seeds you have to water them and you just have to uh, give yourself to this ministry and, and trust that the Lord will work it out and one of the things that's really amazing is is we get to see i asked the kids when we were upstairs for our our uh, little service part that we start with uh, how many have been here before and so many of them that you know maybe they haven't been here since last year's locking but they came back you know nope. they came back and it's because the lord is working we trust that that the lord is working that those seeds that are planting are being watered and we trust they'll grow and flourish in his timing But uh, it's just an incredible privilege. It's an incredible privilege to be a part of this body. It's an incredible privilege to be able to minister to your kids. It's an incredible privilege. I feel so grateful that some of you just bring your kids and drop them off to stay with me and us all night. Because we just seriously love them so much. And uh, just a privilege. A privilege. I can't even say it enough. It's such a privilege to do the Lord's work. It's such a privilege to to be a part of this body and, and to... And to, uh, and to do this with you arm in arm, and, uh, and so, that, so that someday when we stand in glory with Jesus, there might be more of us.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, I know I didn't bring a lot of scripture out today, but we brought living it out. Living it out, we get to live out the living word of God. It is such a privilege. It is such a privilege. We're going to pray here. (laughs) We're going to pray for a man right here. Some of you don't know this man. His name is Phil Slaybaugh, and he's been he's been worshiping with us for a while this year. He's another stranger to many of you. I had known him from some pastors' breakfasts. He was. He's a retired pastor? I'm not really retired because he's going to be leaving for a stint. He's taking on an interim position in Kansas. He told me about this this morning. I said, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to send him off in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he'll be prepared for whatever Holy Spirit has in mind for him to go. Kansas for a while. It's kind of open-ended. I said, how long am I going to be God? He said, I don't know. I don't know. But in a very short amount of time, he's become part of us, and we don't really probably even know him that well. But that doesn't matter. We know him enough to love him and grateful that he's during this time of his life has chosen to worship with us. He could probably worship anywhere. But he's chosen to worship with us, so we're going to pray for Phil and for anybody else who has a need. So I'm going to close us in prayer, and then we'll just open it up for whoever needs prayer for whatever. Lord, we are so grateful. You're so grateful for the way you orchestrate your plans that we could have never imagined what Invite the Stranger was going to look like. We had thoughts and we had ideas. But you sent a whole community here and we still get to minister to that community. You sent a whole team of workers, and we still get to minister to that team of workers. And you sent random people from all over the place to help, and we still get to interact with those people. In the middle of all this, you grew us, and through amazing, amazing teaching from Pastor Ben and Shane and Mark and Bobby and others. You challenged us over and over and over again and you still are. And because of that growth happened, we grew closer to you. You drew us nearer to yourself. We give you all the praise for that. So as we go out of here, and as, I'm going to ask some people to come and gather around Phil. If there's others that have prayer needs, please come. There's people here who will love you and care for you. So Lord, we give you all praise and all glory. In Jesus' name I pray.